hello, everyone. This is Mike Boyd on the Beato Podcast. I'm very fortunate to have Sean Kelly, the car biz coach from Car Motivators, on today with me. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing great, man. It's an honor to be hanging out with you again, Mike Boyd. It's been a long time since we've actually seen each other and uh, really spoke for a long period of time. Let's see, you had, of course, a lot of people probably don't know, maybe, well, I'm sure quite a few do know, you actually had COVID and have been recovering. Yeah, not just any any old mild case, right? I had a uh, really severe case of it and ended up, uh, you know, out of work for about a hundred days and in the hospital. And I was blessed that it wasn't my time to go yet, and uh, here we are back at it, you know, coaching the car business. Well, that's great. When did you hit the road again? Uh, early last month, actually. Yeah, my uh, I, I brought in a new uh, a fixed ops coach, and he and I started uh, traveling around the country. So we relaunched with all of our uh, existing projects. I'm blessed to have an amazing group of, uh, of, of clients who and dealer partners who um, not one of them canceled as a result of uh, my absence. And they, they let my team fill in and uh, my team did a great job. So overall, man, it's it's almost like business to as usual back in the matrix, like it never happened. To, to oh, that's, wonder- that's wonderful, well, especially because I know you and how you are. I can only imagine the internal pain and mental anguish you went through not being on the road and not engaging with dealers every day. No doubt, you know, my comfort zone shrank and uh, and it was it was interesting how, uh, you know, as restless as I was getting um, and as, as much as I wanted to get back out there in front of the people I coach, it was also a, a challenge internally because I mean, I had spent more time with my family in the la- those last hundred days, I guess, than I, than I ever have in my life. And, uh, you know, I'm used to traveling around and speaking and getting in front of a lot of, a lot of people and, and having a lot of engagements. And that didn't happen for 100 days. It's amazing how fast our comfort zones shrink. But um, we're, we're back at it and, and it kicked off without a hitch. So I, I feel very blessed and excited and grateful to be here with you, my friend. Thank you very much. And I'm very grateful to have you on, on today. So obviously, I've talked to you before and have known you over the years. And of course, I have a huge respect for you and what you do because there is a very big difference. Uh, between being a manager and managing and being a coach. And one of the things that I struggle with when I engage with dealers, and of course, this is all dealers engage with this and struggle with this too, that is change management. Actually getting your people, those ones you work with and work under you, of course, sometimes, to change the way they do things to get out of that comfort zone and adopt a new way, whether that's changing their reconditioning process, changing their sales process, or getting just logging up in their uh, system. It's all the same. And that's pretty much what you do is, is work through and train stores and work with whole teams on coaching, correct? That's right. Yeah. We, we, uh, I would almost say we are agents of change because we help um, we help dealers and, and businesses who are trying to adapt to the ever changing and rapidly changing market conditions um, adopt the the best practices that are going to help them succeed. So speaking of those changes, so no, we're going to be talking a little bit about well a little bit about everything. And what I mean by that is all business to me is the same. And again, whether it's installing and executing on a new recon process or whether it's something that has to do with sales, it's getting people to do something they're uncomfortable with, getting them to adopt it, to work through those kinks, and then actually, you know, rubber meets the road and using it to the best ability of your team. 
So as we're talking about that, right now the market obviously keeps changing. It's never going to stop. But there's been a whole bunch of changes in the last couple of years with COVID in how we traditionally do business. Now, having stepped back for 100 days, but still being in and around the business, because I mean, I know you're still on the phone up to a certain point, still talking to your people. What do you think um, are some of the biggest challenges now that the dealerships are facing? I would say the number one is is complacency, um, meaning you know there there is a lot of financial success right now, and people are able to make uh, more profit and gr- gross than uh, than ever, and um, they're selling significantly less units to get there. Um, but you know, in reality, why why do people work? Right, it's for for their pocketbook and and to make money. So at the end of the day, I think a lot of personal goals around finances are being met, but business goals around like volume, which is important to the dealership, you know, for service retention and, and purchasing and um, and internal ROs and all that. Um, the thing that kind of feeds the entire market <laughs> um, and allows um, you know revenue for for vendors and for you know your your reconditioning people on the lot and. Um, I mean, really, that that volume drives a lot of the market. So I, I think complacency is probably one of the biggest challenges that dealerships are, are, are faced with right now. Now, it's funny you mentioned that. So I have spoke about that. And of course, I talk to dealers every day and I'm hearing that across the board. The pickings are easy. You know, there's a lot of dealers that are making money that they're not necessarily set up to make that kind of money. And if it wasn't for the situation where demand is far outstrips supply, having the car, I mean, the car's a start. If you have the car, it's almost a guaranteed sale in some situations. So when you're looking at complacency and what it can do to your team and the bigger vision, right? What happens when things do equalize up to a certain point, whatever that new normal is, how do you engage with your dealers? How do you coach them through that? Is this something you're bringing to their attention or are they more bringing it to you? How are you discussing that? You know, it's it's kind of been a, a mix, and and I can always, as a coach, it's it's our job. You know, the car motivators team. You know, we find out what each person on the team, from the dealer to the frontline individuals and the frontline staff, want in their career and and their lives and their business. And it's our job to continuously help them move towards those those objectives and goals. But I can always tell when someone is is really being challenged, um, or when someone's really you know trying to grow because you know, you can't grow without pain and failure, right? And so complacency, you know, I guess how I notice it is whenever, um, you know, whenever I'm going to coach with someone and maybe they're like, everything's going really good. I'm making more money than ever. And and then, you know, of course, we're looking at all, we're doing metric coaching. We're looking at the stats and we see that their volume significantly down. Um, but, you know, they're happy. They're making more money than ever. When someone's really being challenged or really trying to grow, they're like, as soon as you jump on a coaching convo, they're like, coach, I need help with this. Like, here's where I'm struggling. Help me with this. Um, so I've heard from like the, the owners and the, the manager side, you know, the, those fe- the, the fear and anxiety that comes with, okay, how do we, you know, what skills do we need to sharpen now? And how do we make sure that we are ready for the next change when the, t- when the time comes and keep sharp, keep our edge sharp. And then, and then from, um, you know, so, so I hear that from the managers and the owners, and then I see it, you know, my, me and my coaches, we see it on the complacency side where people are just comfortable with what they're, they're making, but they're not necessarily meeting the expectations of the management or the, the dealership. Right. So they mean they're meeting the financial part of it, but not necessarily other pieces that drive, like you mentioned, the um, vendors 
how they interact and how they get paid. Your service ROs, it's feeding the beast, right? It's not just about that profit off the vehicle. So what you described, of course, is great. That's where you're engaging and they're saying, hey, coach, you know, they want to learn. They want your help. But that's also very advanced. That's definitely not stage one. So when I came up with kind of the working title for this podcast, it was to champion change. You must first learn how to coach. So I'd like to take it back a little bit to when you first work with a dealership. You know, a dealership has reached out to you or you've reached out to them. Long, long story short, you came together and said, hey, here's something I'm struggling with or here's where I think I can help you. Regardless of what that is, how do you start? How do you, how do you affect change? How do you counsel them and coach them? Great question, Mike. Um, you know, it's certainly a process with a, a good amount of steps, but I'll give you the the most simple basic rundown. And, and number one is, is clarity and alignment. Um, does everyone know where the owners want to take the company um, the, or does everyone know where the manager wants to take the department? And are, are, so how clear are they? And then how excited are they to be a part of that change, uh, a part of meeting those objectives? Um, so, so number one is helping the leader take a stand on, on where they want to go and creating clarity around it with everyone who would be involved. Okay. Once that's communicated clearly and, and, and you create the alignment, Second, by finding out, you know, what's in it for them. Have you ever have you heard of the universal principle of, of WIFM, W-I-I-F-M? I actually have from a conversation, but please explain for those of us who uh, haven't heard of it. Yeah, so no one on this earth does anything without a payout. So WIFM just means what's in it for me. So you have to figure out, you know, what do those individuals want and how could them participating in, in helping achieve this growth or these goals or making that vision a reality, like how can they benefit? Um, how does it help them get what they want? And sometimes there's alignment there and, and it makes perfect sense for them to buy in. Other times there's not a lot of alignment and they may not care as much. Um, and that's where minimum stand, that, that's where standards come in, right? It's the leader's job to, um, to create expectations um, and have minimum standards and have, you know, you need to balance, I guess you could say reprimand with reward um, but ultimately speaking, like what, what does it take to remain on this team and, and what do I need to do to contribute so I can, I can, uh, I guess, show you that I'm worth being on this team. The cream rises to the top when you challenge people. And at the end of the day, um, dealerships are proving, I mean, I tell, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but dealerships are proving that you can have a very, uh, productive and profitable staff with less people than ever. And, um, and as a result, I think it's really important that people that want to take their automotive career seriously, whether you're a frontline salesperson, service uh, technician, advisor, or manager, um, really need to step up and show that like they can produce. And, and I think they have to change the way, ultimately we fundamentally measure success. If you're a dealer or a salesperson and you're measuring your success based off of your, your dollar per car two years ago, you, you just can't anymore. I mean, everything should, in my opinion, if you don't grade on a curve right now, you don't really know because maybe your bottom performer today would have been your top performer two years ago. You can't judge it against where you were two years ago because everything's different. So that was more the quality. So it's a quality over quantity, whether it's even the vehicles in the situation now where you have less cars to retail. So, of course, our expectation for a retail car is much higher. But also in that quality of that individual, are they really in it for the long term, and what what's in it for them? You know, that's why 
why should they do what you want and making sure that there's clarity on what you want. That's right, 100%. And, and, then, and then you create those expectations and those standards and you, you define what does success look like. And then everyone, you, you come up with a plan and, and everyone makes individual commitments. That's the beauty about coaching. It's not me telling you how you're gonna do something. I'm just giving you the vision and saying, this is what we wanna to achieve together and, and making sure you're bought into it. But at the end of the day, this is where coaching adds value, so much value because it's guided autonomy. And if they're coming up with the plan, the how to get there, um, then they built it. And if they built it, they own it. And if they own it, they're gonna they're more likely to act on it with the right accountability. And that's also where coaching comes in because coaching, the very act of coaching is supporting the plan, checking in, identifying, helping people deal with the obstacles as they arise. So it's being you know, a leader and being collaborative. So I think yeah. that's the big thing there, which is not native to the uh, automotive industry. Where traditionally, and of course, you know, going back a few years, but even a lot of what's currently going on is that we're managers, not necessarily leaders, and understanding the difference. So it sounds to me the coaching piece is being collaborative. Like you said, it's autonomy with guidance. I really like that autonomy with guidance. It's saying, here's our expectations, here's what we define as good. Now let's make sure that you agree and we can also align what's in it for you to help you with your path to success. That's right, that's right. And, and at the end of the day, it's the cycle of continuous improvement because, okay, we, we put together a plan, we executed on it, you know, where did we see growth and okay, what's next, right? And how do we, how do we sustain that and then what's next? And that, that cycle is what will drive consistent, stable growth. And you can do it in this market or, or the old market, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, exactly. It's all it's that collaborative effort that makes a, a huge impact and makes a difference. But definitely, I think the opportunity is to realign what success means in our current market. Now, all markets are going to change. You know, it's one thing, the automotive industry, the only thing that you can guarantee is that there will be change. That's the only constant. So what we've measured success historically isn't necessarily a good measure of success today. So it's making sure that you're changing that expectation, but most importantly, that you're relaying it to your team members. Do you agree with that? Yes. Um, there's, you know, there's a communication is the the cornerstone for success for any any team or any business. And uh, without effective communication, you end up with a lot of uh, of missed expectations. Um, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. So yeah, ensuring that, that you know, th and this goes back to the whiff them, you know, hey, here's the change, here's how we're dealing with it, or, or here, here's why we're going to deal with it, and let's come up with a how together. Um, that, that is key, because if people don't understand the why behind it, then they can never have a whiff them for it, right? They can never understand what's in it for them, and then they'll just kind of coast through life. Um, but, you know, part of it, part of it, Mike, to, to your point, is, is literally, setting those standards and, and ensuring that everyone understands like this is the new norm this is the new version of success this is the new version of failure and uh and let's all try to grow together and and, and you know th here's the funny part it can be a positive thing it doesn't have to be like boot camp right no I, I definitely agree with that because the old ways just don't work i mean people nowadays um they just don't have to put up with it nor should they of uh, the things that we did to cut our teeth back in the day so Going back a little bit here, um, of course, I love everything you're saying because it is the correct thought process. 
even though it's it's a little bit different, right? And it's definitely going to challenge some people to think outside the box in the way that they were brought up, which is the way it should, right? We should challenge status quo in a way of doing it. So one, set goals. Make sure that the team understands what we're heading towards, uh, which really resonated with me because I remember even as a manager um, quite a few years back, because of course I'm old, but quite a few years back, I had uh, an owner ask me, well, how many cars, you know, are you guys going to sell and use cars this month? To which I replied, every one of them. He was like, no, no, I mean, I need to have a, like a good idea. And I'm like, I'm going to sell everybody I meet. No, that, that, that's, that's not quite realistic. Let's actually come up with a uh, measurable um, ending point. So we have something to say, okay, did we succeed? Did we do everything? Now, of course, my mentality at that time was every person is just one more person to sell. I'm not going to let anybody go, burn the bridge, and you know, just march forward. But it's much better to have a, a plan and to have your team aligned on what that plan is and how we're going to execute against it. So that way we can find those opportunities when they arise to do even better. But at the same point, we understand when we didn't do what we planned on doing so we can alter the plan. So the next time we're not redoing the bad things over and over. So I like that setting goals, obviously taking a stand, the clarity and alignment, um, understanding where we're going and then what's in it for me. You know, everybody has to have a, uh, clear understanding of the vision but why i'm a part of it and then how does that affect me either monetarily or monetarily and career wise that i need to follow you so when you first go into the store who all do you engage with so how's that work so let's say for instance obviously i'm the founder of our recon when i go into a store and i and we we find this across the market that the hardest thing for a store to do is to affect that change, to install that process, um, not because they don't understand that it's beneficial. That's never a concern. Dealers by far have understood that now, I mean, they use software for acquiring vehicles, finding cars, selling cars, merchandising cars. It doesn't make sense not to use software to recondition cars, but using that as what we're gonna talk about here for a second, they all, um, express concerns, if not outright say, yes, we should absolutely do this, but I don't think I can get my team to do it. What do you say to that person, that manager? That's a uh, that's an interesting challenge for a manager to bring up, and and you know it's interesting. I I, I have heard that before on the software side, right? Because I've sold automotive software in the past, uh, but um, you know at the end of the day, man, you've got to help the leader they've got to realize how empowered they are you know so sometimes you you can't just say hey aren't you the manager like does the tail wag the dog here or what right that's the that would be the par for the course response probably for it's the easy for, response right exactly so this is a, to me i look at i would look at that as a coaching opportunity right so i i might you know recruit them um hey what i want for you manager is that because this, this isn't about their ability to implement uh, the new tool you're trying to sell them this is a, this is their ability to directly like lead and and take their team to success, right? So, I would look at it as a coaching opportunity and, and hit them with you know what I want for you is for you to be able to um, drive change within your team, you know. So, may may I give you a little coaching around that? And if if they if they're in on that, you know whether it's and maybe you need to pull them aside and do a one on one on this in this capacity, but um, 
but bottom line, man, if I was to have that dialogue, I would then ask them questions like, "What? So, what makes you say that? And um, what what have you tried to implement implement in the past? And and what got in the way? And uh, you know, how does your team normally respond to change, like adding a new piece of software? And questions like that help you uncover what they have tried, what they haven't tried, and if if there's a missing puzzle piece there, like you know, they they lay out their puzzle pieces, they're showing you their hand. Now you know where you can add value, right? You you know what puzzle piece you can give them that might help them. And uh, in a, in a dialogue like that, I often find out that they didn't have a process for holding people accountable, or they didn't understand how to build a collaborative, um, you know, have a workshop with their team and come up with, hey guys, here's what we're trying to do. Here's why it's important. We're trying to reduce holding costs by 50% and get our cars frontline ready faster. So um, bottom line, like that's tell the why. So, hey team, so let's come up with a plan together to make that happen. By the way, also, how would you want this to affect your paycheck, right? Well, I'd like to, you know, make more money from it. Well, perfect, here's how. If we reduce our holding costs, you know, bottom line, you tie the with them in and then you start making a collaborative effort. Like, how would you want to be involved with this? All that, and you, you work with them to build out. It could just be that that manager doesn't know those tactics. But you have to earn the right to give them the value, and the only way the only way you do that is by asking those questions and, and seeking to understand first, instead of seeking to be understood first. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So that's approaching it from the manager, say that gatekeeper, the one who decides whether they're not going to do it. So for that manager, so you, you've talked with them, you've engaged with them, they're like, yes, this is something we absolutely need to do. Now, when they're going to their people, and it could be service, it could be sales, whoever it is um, that they're going to engage with that have to operate within this new this new web, this new framework to push some buttons to to do something that's different than what they're used to. Which for car people, we do not like change. We have to deal with change every day. So the last thing we want to do is self-impose change on ourselves, and that's the battle. But when they're going and say talking to the service department. And they're saying, hey, look, this is what's right for the store. This is the meaningful benefit that it's going to bring. This is going to help allow us to stay current, you know, and go through all those uh, benefits to the dealership. But what's the best way to get that person? I just want to make sure. So you, you mentioned how you approach the manager and coach them through it. What would you say to the person? If you were the GM or the manager who's decided that this is the way we're going to do, we're going to install this software. And here's why. What's the best thing to say to that person? I think it's guiding them along the path, right? It's it's learning their expectations too. Um, again, it, it's uh, learning people's expectations. I found is is as important or more important than sharing your own. So you know, how often should we connect? Um, you know, what would what would make you know? I, I guess what sir what could I what service could I provide you to ensure that this implementation goes well? Um, what are your expectations of me? Is there anything um, I should be mindful of? Those, those would be some of, as it relates to working together. Um, who else on your team do we need to uh, have, a, have a sit down with to generate some additional buy-in? Um, you know, is, is there anything that, uh, you know, th those are just the type of questions that if you ask and you learn their expectations and where their head's at, and, and then all of a sudden you can tailor your whole approach for that individual. And, and believe it or not, I found it to be very scalable. Uh, I know it sounds like it wouldn't be, but I found it to be more scalable because you're spending so much less time putting out fires <laughs> that it allows, it affords you the extra time to meet people where they're at. 
So it sounds like you're empowering people and you're giving the framework to become essentially coaches, you know, rather than managers and working with those people that they engage with to adopt the change, to work through any of those pain points, but to holistically understand what the goal is for the store, which at the end of the day, it's all about the store. The name on the dealership is the one we work for, and that's whose um, interest we have to protect. So I know we're running out of time, so thank you very much. I know you're a very busy person because you're running around. I know you're trying to make up for 100 days, too. You had a long vacation. Right now, it's time to get back to work. So let's just re uh, group here just a couple takeaways because this is all great, and I'm definitely going to have you back on. Main things I got here is, one, set goals, but that means collaborative goals. It's not just about what's in it for the store. It's what's in it for me. So each person we engage with, let's make sure that they understand what the goal for the store is, why we're implementing this change, and why we're expecting to be a part of it. And since you are a valued part of it and you perform a specific job, here's what's in it for you. And here's why this will affect, positively affect your job to be done, your career path, you know, all of that, what's in it for you. Clarity and alignment. I love it. You know, traditionally at the car lots, and it's not all of them, but more so than not, it's uh, very much do this because I said so. And that just doesn't work nowadays. That's creating uh, adversaries, right? That's just creating bottlenecks and fighting down the road. Um, Be collaborative at all times, coaching. Find out what struggles are you having? How can I help alleviate those? Do you understand what we're trying to do? And who else do we need to speak to to make this change happen? So far, am I doing good? You're a natural, my friend. You've got it. Okay. Then uh, lay out the different connections. So, Sean, you know, obviously we've agreed this is what's best for the store. This is what's best for me and you. And this is how it fits into the broader plane and why we're changing our current process. But in doing that, we need to have connections. We need to have um, times that we can come together and look back at the data and say, okay, did we deliver against the plan? And if we didn't, where did we go wrong or what could we correct so that way it goes even smoother the next time? So set that uh, accountability rate. Right. And don't expect to make change without some sort of obstacle barrier or pain, you know, getting in the mix. So that's also an important part of that. It's, uh, hey, while we're checking in, you know, when there's an issue or uh, a concern or a challenge, to how, what's the best way to bring that up? Right. And that way it doesn't become a, a, a knockdown drag out. And you got to shovel those. you got to shovel those molehills before they're mountains. So that that's that proactive, consistent communication around, around the plan. And that's where that accountability adds so much value. And having your employees feel like they are, which is valued employees, part of the team, and really hammering on what's in it for them, why we chose them as part of the team, and why we're making this change for the team and how it affects them. That, to me, right there is the biggest piece. So you don't just go in and hire a software to solve a problem. You hire a software and then work with your team to engage, change the process to keep maturing your job to be done. So that way you can all move through those different changes in the automotive industry. Does that sound right? Excellent. Absolutely. Thank you so much. One last thing. You mentioned um, earlier that you have a new fixed ops coach, I believe. 
Yes, correct. We didn't really get into that, even though obviously I engage with big stops on a daily basis. Um, just real quick. So obviously I know you coach all different departments, anything and everything to do with the automotive industry, but you're a fixed ops person. I'm assuming that's just more specialized going directly in fixed ops, right? That's correct. Yeah. Every, every person, every coach on my team um, kind of has a deep knowledge in key areas of the dealership. You know, we have fixed ops coach, BDC service and lead, sales and leadership coaches. Um, so yeah, we, we've, since I've gotten out of the hospital, I've been uh, blessed and excited to have a, a few new uh, tools in our tool belt and uh, arrows in the quiver. So we are uh, we're, we're able to really add even more value to our dealerships, helping them with uh, service parts, BDC sales. Um, it doesn't matter what department and even, even office and uh, administrative coaching. So all tied together. And, yeah. I mean, it's like, think about it like this. It, it's if it's Every, if every department um, is aligned to the direction of the company, how much more success do you receive? And it's been it's been really cool to see how that's affected our dealerships. You know, uh, productivity, morale, um, employee turnover. So yeah, it's it's great. And uh, Justin, uh, I'll definitely connect you to Justin, um, and that way you guys can have a, an awesome fixed ops content. Well, all business is the same, and whether you're talking about the sales departments, the BDC, the fixed ops. It's no different than reconditioning. You have a lot of people who have to do a lot of different jobs, and we all have to interact meaningfully in some way. So the more we can change from managers to coaches, I think that definitely greases the wheels and allows us to affect positive change without all the headbutting that's traditional. So for those listeners who do not have your personal cell phone and they've liked what they've heard, which you know I'm a big fan. How should they reach out to you? How do they learn more about car motivators or even talk to Sean? Well, number one, you definitely check out, you know, our site, carmotivators.com. Um, we have a, uh, we have a, a web, a webcast that we've been doing that published every week, um, either by myself or one of my other coaches who uh, facilitate the dialogue. But uh, if you want to reach out to me and you'd like to have a discovery call, I always, I always uh, never assume working together makes sense, but I always, I'm always open to learning about you, your business and uh, some of your goals and challenges and seeing if working together uh, could benefit you. Um, and in order to do that, you can message me on my cell. It's 314-323-8234. So well, thank you again, Sean. And I'm sure we'll be talking uh, to get some coaching. Try working for some free coaching. I love it. Yeah, you're great at that, Mike. You're always getting a bargain, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. Have a great evening. I'll talk to you later. Mike, I appreciate you. Thank you.